The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Stu Gray. We're here to talk about the issue of pornography. He gives his testimony. You know, my wife and I had problems in pornography, and and I came around the corner, and she's sitting there in the office just beyond the kitchen. My computer is open, and she's crying. I mean, heaving. And she turns around to me, and she pretty much says, if you don't get help, I'm out. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. And welcome to another episode of Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. My name is Zach Jansen. Each week we host a show detailing different parts of young adult lives, whether it be relationships or finances. Um, we're here to have another topic here today with Mr. Stu Gray. He does a lot of radio uh, broadcasting and producing here in Nashville. We're joined each week as we are by Father Gervon, the chaplain at University Catholic, and doing just about everything in the diocese, especially in this time of Easter right now. It's probably nonstop. Uh, but today we have a very relevant topic, I think, that all young adults deal with in some way that we've wanted to talk about for a long time, the, the topic of, of pornography, uh, just how that applies to, to our lives and just everyone in a way. So, Stu, thank you for being here today, uh, for being on the show. I'm glad to be with you guys. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're at right now in life, and just uh, how this if you may, how this topic of, of pornography came in, in, into your life. Absolutely. Sure. Um, I'm a dad primarily, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do spend a lot of time on the business end of a microphone. I'm an audiobook narrator and I produce podcasts and I uh, commercial work and all that sort of stuff. I still do a, a radio show that's uh, recorded, but based in Columbus, Ohio. Pornography has been an interesting topic for me, actually, about 15, 16 years ago now was one of the hardest, best nights of my life. I had been working late and I walked into our house and the kitchen was kind of off in the distance. You know, we walked through the living room and I saw the light on in the kitchen and I, I had this hidden thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm dealing with pornography. But there was it, just the light. I could see it coming. And, I, you know, my wife and I had struggled and been yelling at one another about various problems and pornography. And and so I felt this tightness in my chest and I came around the corner and she's sitting there in the office just beyond the kitchen. My computer is open and she's crying. I mean, heaving. And she turns around to me and she pretty much says, look, we talked about this. We've had problems with it. You have a problem with it. I'm done. And if you don't get help, I'm out. And that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> she was very and has continued to be very gracious with me and walked with me through pornography. But it's something I stumbled into as a teenager, an early teenager. 
I had a friend down the street who said, hey, look at this thing that my dad has. And under the bed were magazines, right? And I was like, huh, if his dad has pornography, maybe mine does. And I went home and started looking and I found it. And I spent days, you know, looking at magazines. I found videos and I would come home from school and watch and then rewind the perfect number on the VCR. You know, if we remember VCRs, you know, that was before DVR, right? Those are the old people. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, you know, so it was a part of my life growing up, my teenage years into college and beyond. And then when I started dating my wife, it was something that she just dealt with and kind of, oh, he'll change or something like that. And when we got married, it didn't change. I continued. Uh, There was a time before we came back to Nashville when I threw away magazines. I threw away all the videos I had collected and amassed over the years. And I was like, oh, this is great. But it was still a problem. The computer was still a problem to me. The screen was a problem. And so she would find the history on whatever browser. And that was the bottom point. That was my wall. And the next day I was in, you know, an anonymous group, SA, Sex Anonymous or Sexuality Anonymous or Sexaholics Mm -hmm. Anonymous, however um, that's presented. But um, I learned a lot about recovery, learned a lot about my brokenness and went through the process and have had slips and had seasons, long seasons of cleanness and no problems and it's just so prominent in our culture and it's such an important thing sex you know and it's such a good thing sex so that's that's the bottom line is that it's a good thing right when, when you watch it on the and then you have all your youth group leaders and your parents saying no 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 don't watch it it's bad it's, it's evil it's it's good it's just that it gets distorted in a way um, but there's so many topics we can cover here as far as the issue of pornography in marriage and then also, too, as you just briefly mentioned, first of all, thank you for sharing your testimony and, and, and your life and being so open. Um, but also the, the the problem of when we discover it um, as teenagers, especially in your time. And then now when a sixth grader has a smartphone or when they go to their friend's house, what do they do when they see it? Um, and, you know, and I think that, you know, growing up, you know, went through the same thing, you know, dad's magazine and everything. Right. At that point, you had to look for it. For you sure. Know? For sure. So where is the magazine? What Nowadays, we don't. It's coming it to, comes us. to us. Absolutely. With the digital thing, it's like, it comes to us. Yeah. You know? And talking to a lot of, you know, a lot of, and, and that's the other thing. It's like, a lot of people, oh, this is a guy problem. No, it's not. Not at all. It's a girl problem as well. I mean, the average age of exposed to you, somebody to be exposed is 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of become that dirty secret because you kind of have a lot of questions about your sexuality. You know, things are coming different for you and you don't know. And then instead of talking to your parents, instead of talk, you're going to talk to your peers. They don't know. Right. <laughs> clue. Right. So they just kind of, how do we do this? We don't know. So let's learn to get, you know, right. and then that's when the whole destruction comes. And then, you know. A lot of parents don't know how to talk to their kids about, or, or, or you know, like I think each one of us have that experience, you know, like, oh, you don't talk about that, or, right. you know, you're going to learn about that on sex ed, or, I, and it's just like you learn wrong. For sure. For sure, you do. I'm super thankful that I've had this journey that I have been on. Not that I would wish it upon anybody else, but I have a 15-year-old son. Yeah. Right? And literally within the past six months, he came to me. He had gone to bed. He came into my studio when I was working late one night and sat down across from me and went, Dad, um, 
well, I don't know how to say this, but I've, I've seen pictures. What kind of pictures, buddy? Well, naked pictures of ladies. And in my heart, my heart again started that race, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I know exactly oh what you mean. man, I've, I never said anything to my dad. I never said anything to my mom, but he's got the freedom to sit across the, from me the and humility, go, the yeah. humility and just some sort of wisdom, obviously from God. I need help. Right. And he's like, I know I need to be grounded. I need to be punished about this. And this is horrible. And I don't want to feel that way. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. You were honest with me. You came to me. You confessed to me. I so appreciate that. I love you. You're going to be okay. I'm not going to ground you, okay? We're going to keep talking about this because that's the only way you get better. You got to talk about it. You got to confess it. You got to get it out in the open. I appreciate you so much talking to me. Thank you. And not that I was shoveling it off, not that I was putting off a consequence because he was feeling it. He thought he needed to be in trouble. He was feeling shame. He was feeling guilt already. Um, I don't need to pile onto that. There's no reason for me to do that. I need to love him well. I need to show him that it's good to confess to a safe person, right? To be honest about this thing that's going on. Women are beautiful. Their bodies are amazing, right? (laughs) It is a good thing. That's why we fall in love. That's why we want to get married. People who struggle with pornography don't necessarily want to keep doing the thing. And it's that whole double-mindedness. It's like, I want to do what's right, but I can't do what is right. And I've got this wrestle all the time. And how do you deal with that? Well, you get honest about it. You confess it, right? And then in our recovery process, you know, you start to think about people you've hurt, things that you've done wrong. You ask for forgiveness, you get forgiveness from other people, and you realize it's not just about pornography, it's about anything that can be an idol in your heart. You know, and I think what we said is our brokenness. Yeah. You know, we are broken. We need Jesus to restore our yes, lives. Yes, yes we do. I've learned more and more that I need to rely on God in every situation, not just with pornography, but in my life in general. Again, it's not about removing a behavior or a thing. It's more about living in alignment with God and Christ's heart and moving in the right direction because that behavior can be anything. Yeah. God makes great things for us, but they can become idols in our heart, you know, sex and food and drugs and, and drugs aren't a good thing, but they're, they're various things that can become idols and you've got to get rid of those and you've got to be honest about it. You've got to confess them and surrender your life to the Lord and surrender those things and walk and, in humility about it. Yeah. And today, I mean, pornography is seen as a drug, the same, for sure. the same hormones and the same things that your brain process when you use drugs is the same thing. That's why. And it becomes for us almost like a safe place. I'm tired. Oh, I'm going to go there. Right. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm going to go there. And, you know, and then like you do that. And then sometimes it's like, and I think you have the, the experience. Talk to the people like, why do you do this? I don't know. That's what I know to do. For sure. That's right. Sure. Because that's my that's my safe place. It is safe. And it's like there's this unconscious itch. You know, it just becomes yeah. a way of life. And you have to break that cycle somehow. And I learned early on that there is a pause between my decision and using. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. oh, I have the temptation. There's a temp. Ooh, yeah, I could go. And I would just, when I was working it, I would just go. He was like, oh, I feel like I should go look. And I'm going to go look. And I'll yeah. grab my phone or I'll get on my computer. And I realized that there's a pause. 
if I can take that pause, I can make a choice. What choice am I going to make? Hmm. I can pray in that moment. I can breathe in that moment. I can get up from the computer. I can walk outside. I had a friend of mine say, go ride your bike. What? What do you mean go ride my bike? What does that mean? Get out of where you are. Change your physical position. It changes your brain chemistry. It changes your physicality. It gets you out of that temptation moment. One of the things that I talk to the people when I say, leave your phone charging away from your bed. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Leave the door of your room open. That's right. That's right. Those are the small things. If you watch pornography in the bathroom, leave your phone out. For sure. So if you do those small things, like, oh, my gosh, that works so much. It does. For a time, when I first started, I could not walk down the magazine aisle (laughs) in any store I went into. Because it was a trigger for me. That's that's the key word is is trigger. Yeah. Right. You start thinking about the places where you have problems. If it's at home, if it's in the bathroom, if it's in a private area in your office or wherever. Well, if it's a trigger for you, don't bring the the yeah. thing in there. Don't even get close to right. it. Right. Don't get close to it. Run away from it. Right. We're supposed to flee. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like don't be stupid. You know? Right. Well, exactly. But again, I couldn't walk down the aisle. You know, there are pretty women on the magazine yeah. covers, and that would be a trigger for me. So for a time there, I wouldn't even go down those aisles because I knew that I needed, you know, some help and some blinders on in my life. Um, I'm okay with that right now. And that's, I'm, I'm grateful have, for healing. You right? have to understand your weakness, who you are. For sure. And I'm not going to put myself in that situation because that is not going to help me. And that's being honest yes. with yourself. It's if you can be honest with yourself about it mm-hmm. and go, you know, that's the first step. It's like admitting you got a problem. Man, mm-hmm. I, I can't get away from this. Twelve steps. Right. It's exactly right. That's the first one. Man, I, I have the problem. I'm going to give it to God. I believe that God is here and I believe he can handle it. I thought it was just an okay guy. You know what I mean? Cool. <laughs> and, and but I was dealing with this porn thing. You know, and it was wrecking every relationship that I was in. And then finally, when I got married, it's like, oh, this will be fine. This will be great. And it wasn't. It didn't solve my problem. But when I finally surrendered it and, you know, told my wife and accountability people, sponsors in recovery about issues and things. And I was honest with my life, not just pornography and confessing all the things I had done things changed, you know, mm-hmm. things get rearranged and you realize just not looking at pornography, that's just the first step. You know, I want to live in alignment with God. I want to be on the path towards more Christ-like behavior. You know, I, I help a lot of people with spiritual direction and everything is like, we always going to check how that is going. Mm-hmm. But a spiritual direction is not about your pornography addiction. No. A spiritual direction is how you're going to grow close to God. Right. In your life. Right. And they actually... Yes, pornography is going to be an issue for you, so we always going to check and see how things are going there. Mm-hmm. Sure, but it's not like it's not going to be the center. Center have to be Jesus Christ. That's absolutely right. That's and then absolutely when we right. put Jesus in the center, everything else comes to place. Well, one thing I want to talk about with it is like uh, you mentioned how when you, when people do fall into it and watch pornography, they, they usually end up feeling empty afterwards and feel terrible. Like they're mm-hmm. on, they're having this. This, tr- this trigger, which men are very visual and, and women too, but like they, they go into it and they always just leave dissatisfied. I don't know if you want to talk about like what we're really looking for. Like it's because there's like a, there's actual like a good longing in our hearts for like for, for the real thing. St. Augustine said that love. we we have a we have a hole inside of our heart mm. that is the size of God. 
Wow. And then we're gonna and then we can feel with anything, drugs, money, people, even your wife. For sure. Even your husband. Absolutely. Even your boyfriend, your it doesn't work. And I think we talked about this. There's a priest friend of mine, he says when, and I'm going to steal that for him for the homilies and, oh, for weddings, you know. Do you think, he said it during his uh, marriage prep, he said, do you think that, you know, ask the husband and the wife, do you think that he will be able to fulfill all your desires? Mm. And wow. the answer is like, absolutely yes. You know, oh, because man. they are in love. Right. And of like, course. Yeah. So <laughs> sure, yeah. I was like, no. No. Only God can fulfill your desires. So if we don't understand that, so like whatever we put there is not going to be able, we want to still be empty, you know? And I think in everybody's conversion process, that's, we get to that point and it's like, I have everything, but I have nothing. Mm. You know, I have all the money of the world. It's, I'm not happy. You know, I'm, I don't have the joy. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you see a really poor people. It's like that person looks like they have everything. Right, right. right. Because they have Jesus. For sure, for sure. And then, and then, yeah, and it's like, yeah, you whatever you do, whatever you're going to, you know, whatever idol you're going to put in your life, it's not going to fulfill yourself because it's not God. And God is the one who's going to fulfill and fulfill all our desires. Mm. So many people are dampening these crazy chemicals in their brains so much that nothing in life is exciting. There is no joy. You know, when you're dealing with porn, you've got the serotonin, the oxytocin, and uh, all these chemicals in our brain that are just jazz. They're like dumping into our brain. But there's also this thing called Delta Fos B, which is another chemical. It's a molecule. And in recovery, uh, our recovery movement came from a faith-based movement in the 1930s, and in the what is called the big big book, the blue book for Alcoholics Anonymous, there was a doctor who talked about an allergy and an obsession, right? And so the allergy was they didn't know it at the time, were these chemicals, right? And mm-hmm. this Delta Fos B, when you have an orgasm from pornography, this Delta Fos B goes out there, and that is the thing. You don't know how much your body or brain is going to produce, but that is what creates the quote-unquote addiction, your compulsion. They argue back and forth if it's an addiction or if it's a compulsion, whatever. But the other chemical that is released is a thing called Kreb, and those are big scientific words. I don't know what C-R-E-B is, but they call it CREB. <laughs> but CREB also is released with the dopamine and the serotonin, and it balances out the dopamine. But because dopamine is such a good thing, the CREB dulls the sensors, mm-hmm. right? And so you get this Delta Fos B built up. So you've got this addiction prone, this whatever the thing is you're putting in your body or the thing you're looking at. So the Delta Fos B can click at any time. You don't know when it's going to happen, where it becomes more than just, hey, I'm going to enjoy this. It becomes more of a compulsion addiction. I need that. Yeah. Right. But the Kreb then in our brain, it dulls our senses. So it's like, I'm bored with life. Everything sucks. You end up being feeling guilty and full of shame and horrible and she doesn't meet my needs and work sucks and life is horrible and all of a sudden you know there's no hope you're hopeless and so you have to cut all of that out i mean it's not just a behavior thing there's there's craziness going on in our brains and god has made us amazing but all all of them are firing all of these chemicals are firing when you're looking at this false intimacy thing that's put on display 
that's that's amazing. And the that's, science. Yeah, that's the false intimacy. I think the, you know it's like, and that will not fulfill you. Not at all. So another another lie about it too, I think is it's common um, is that no one gets hurt when I do it. I'm just watching the screen. If no one knows about it, why is it bad? What What do you guys think, think about that? Like, like I mean, it's a common the whole discussion. industry. Yeah. I mean, the whole industry about away, porno- no yeah. knows. about the whole industry of pornography. How people, I mean, sell, you know, is slavery, sex. I mean, it's trafficking. It's trafficking. Yeah. It, it is evil. Yeah. yeah, it is. There is nothing. It is like intrinsical evil. They're like the, that's what the catechism said. There's nothing good wow. that will come out of that. I mean, sex is an amazing thing. It is the most intimate, most creative thing God gives us to do, right? But we trivialize it. And put it on display. Hey, look, everybody, look at, you know, it's body parts and there's no story. There's no intimacy. You, you don't and know what's on her heart. Right, exactly. And, and it, or his heart, you know, it's just gymnastics, right? It's like, why should we watch that? Well, for crazy positions, is that really what sex should be about? No, it needs to be about intimacy and togetherness. And you're, cre- you know, it has, you have the power to create a life. Oh, and my the, and gosh. That, and that's the thing. That's what it right? is. Sex is for two reasons. Right. For the intimacy of the couple and for procreation. Absolutely. Whenever we take sex out of that, that's when we get in trouble. Wow. Whenever you take sex out of that context is the unity of the couple, is the image of the husband. But I love her. No, you don't because you're not ready to give yourself 100% for her to her mm. and you're not ready to receive her 100%. First of all, you're not ready to, if you're not married, you're not ready to receive that person 100%. Right. And you're not ready to give yourself one. But I don't, no, you don't. Because, and I think the biggest thing is like, we don't know what love is. Mm. Wow. You we know? only have one word for love in our language, right? But in the Greek, I mean, yes. there were there were many words yes. that have been interpreted as love in the Bible. Yeah. And yeah, it's more than just. And sometimes like if I, you know, get to Zach and hey, Zach, I love you. Like, hmm, no, <laughs> I do <laughs> love you. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Is the philia. The, the right. love is friends. Brotherly love. Yes, absolutely. brotherly love mm-hmm. is the, but then I was like, oh, what do you mean by that? And it's right. like, love is when I care for the other person more than I care for myself. Mm. Right. And then I was like, oh, never thought about that. For sure. For sure. And, and then the, the devil wants us to hear the lies, you know? Or, you know, if you go talk about, you know, sex, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to have, you know, an intercourse, but I'm going to have this or that. And I was right. like, I, last time that I checked, like auto sex is sex, you know, like <laughs> right. stuff like that, and it, and it's just a lie. We you justify just, you it. Just in kind our of minds. justify mm-hmm. exactly for sure. Well, but at least I'm not doing this, right? But right. at least I'm not doing no, that. Uh-huh. But at least, I, and it's just like I have a guy, I have a kid in college, and it's like, and then I, anytime that I see any of my kids are dating, we have a father G conversation, so we go, you know, we talk about, you know, yeah. and then I was talking to this guy, it's like, you know, you always have to, you know draw the line and never cross. And, and mm. then talking about it, he's like, Father, I never crossed the line. He's like, well, how is that? And like, you do it. I just push the line away from me. At least I'm not doing this. He's moving the line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. At least I'm not doing that. It comes down to humility. You know, it's it's being honest with yourself. It's being honest with God. It's taking responsibility before the opportunity presents itself Mm -hmm. like you're saying create this line but then you've got to be honest with yourself i mean yeah sure you can push that line you can kick the can down the way whatever blah blah blah. but man you've got to be honest with yourself you've got to have people who uh, you've been accountable with i think relationships 
help us. Relationships also hurt us, but relationships are where we heal, right? So we can have healing, accountable relationships. Hey, uh, Father G, you know, when this is happening, I want you to speak into my life. I want you to like knock some sense into my brain, you know? Mm -hmm. You've got to be honest about it before the opportunity happens. And I think the other lie that the devil wants us to believe is like, I can't be vulnerable or I don't Mm want to be vulnerable. He's like, no, you have to be vulnerable. And we talk about this many times to the right people. You know, like when your son say, yes, it sucks to be vulnerable, but he he got the right person. He did. That he came and said, I need help. Correct. How do I, how do I, how do I do this? Not everybody's going to understand, you know, the issue of pornography. There is still a stigma with it. So you do definitely need to find the right people to confess to. What's what's the next step you do take once you're looking for help? Like, I want to get this out of my life. Uh, I want it to be done and heal from it. Like, what what are some practical things. I know you said accountability. And accountability is a lot of great awesome. programs out there. There are and tons of great programs. Uh, there are anonymous groups. There are church groups that are recovery groups. That is where I went. There's healing in all sorts of different places. Um, there are tools online. Maybe you don't want to go online for a time, but there are websites that are um, honestly not faith-based, which is very interesting because they're speaking about brain science. And that's where I kind of learned about all these chemicals and Mm -hmm. things from these guys who see that pornography is so destructive, not from a faith perspective. They're saying, wow, this is killing our sex drive. This is killing us. What's happening in our relationships. Um, Fighting the new drug. Fight the new drug is one. Yourbrainonporn.com is one. Uh, I go back to Covenant Eyes. Yeah. They Covenant are Eyes is fantastic. Covenant yes. Eyes is amazing. They have changed their service over time. So now it's screen accountability where, you know, you put people into your account who will, they'll fire off. They will receive reports. Emails, yeah. exactly, yeah. how you're doing and, and how you're not one doing. Of, one of the things that I really like about Covenant Eyes is it that, because it's always awkward to talk about stuff Of like course, that. yep. But then, you know, I have some people that I'm, they are going to be partner. Mm-hmm. I receive the, the report every week or whatever. I look, you know, if there is any side that I have to block, I go in and block. And then sometimes I say, hey, do you need to talk? Right. I noticed that this week it's been really hard for you. What is going on in your life? Absolutely. And then and then the conversation starts. So it's not that awkward moment is like, yeah. And they know that the report is coming. They know everything. So we just kind of, what is going on? You know, <laughs> as a focus missionary, I say, how's your heart? Hmm. Yep, because that's the important piece. Yes. That's that's what we're getting getting towards, you know. How is your heart doing? Because, you know, when you're using whatever the thing is that can be an idol, call it an addiction, call it pornography, whatever it is, your heart's in the wrong spot. You're disconnected from God. You're disconnected from life. You're disconnected from yourself. Yep. Even, you know, you're in, in a hiding kind of position. Mm. And... Um, yeah. So how's your, that's a great question. Wow. That really is a great question. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing is, don't feel that you are that you are alone. Don't no. feel you know. That was yesterday's gospel. You know, do not be afraid. Go. You know, mm. it was like there was yesterday gospel. The Tuesday of uh, Monday of uh, October of Easter, Jesus came to the disciples and said, "Do not be afraid." Came to Mary Magdalene. Do not be afraid. Go and talk to my to my disciples. Go. So. And it's not not only, yeah, God heal us, but not for us to stay where we are. It's to go and do something. Go and proclaim the good news to other people. Go, you know, that's the only reason that we are are healed. Why we are supposed to go and proclaim the good news to other people. So good. Well, as we proclaim that good news and find that healing. Thank you, Stu, for just giving your testimony and just for all your thoughts and 
thoughts on healing from this this issue. Well, thank you both for having me. This has been that, awesome. That was amazing. Thank you to Father G as well for just all your guidance. It just shows that it's a real thing, that you're not alone uh, in this struggle. And thank you to everyone in our listening audience. We hope you felt connected, um, whether you're you're scared to talk about it to someone or, or not, or just keep it to yourself. Um, we're just able, able to find healing, I think is the bottom line. Uh, there's, there is hope uh, for, for real love, for authentic love, uh, for the goodwill uh, of the other. Uh, remember, you can find our shows uh, wherever you get your podcasts by searching Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. My name is Zach Jansen. Special thank you to Jim Chandler as well. Just a lot for our show. Thank you for listening to Belonging on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.